welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. This podcast, hosted by Kate Agnew and Marie Ferguson, will empower you to realize your professional dreams by giving you access to our global community of dietitians. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we'll educate you, inspire you, and help you create more impact as a dietitian. Welcome to today's Dietitian Connection podcast. My name is Marie Ferguson and I'm the founder of Dietitian Connection. It's my pleasure today to have Melanie McGrice with us. Melanie is a dietitian with a special, special interest in pre and postnatal nutrition, and she is the founder of Nutrition Plus, which is an alliance of dietitians with a special interest in early life nutrition. Melanie runs the Nourish with Melanie YouTube channel, which you have, if you haven't checked it out, you must look into it. And she is the ambassador for Compassion's Mums and Bubs Clinics. And the Nutrition Plus team, along with Melanie, sponsor one of the clinics in Tanzania. And for those of you who are going to ICD, the International Congress of Dietetics in South Africa, later this year in September, Melanie has a tour to go and visit one of those clinics. So you must join and and go and see that. I love the work that you're doing there, Melanie. It's incredible. Today, Melanie and I are going to be talking about weight management and fertility, and I'd like to thank OptiFast for supporting today's podcast. So, welcome and thank you so much for joining us, Melanie. Thanks for having me, Rory. So, I know that you weren't always in the fertility space, Melanie. How did you actually make the move and start working in the area of fertility as a dietitian? Yeah, um, well, I, I guess like most dietitians, I was doing a lot of work in uh, general nutrition and weight management. I always had a passion for business and practice and I loved the counseling side of things. Um, and because I um, had been or and still am a media spokesperson for the Dietitians Association um, and was often being asked about uh, the weight epidemic that we have um, and diabetes epidemic and allergy epidemic and so forth. Um, and you know, we never really had an answer. And anyway, I, with private practice, I was actually looking for a book on pregnancy and weight because I had found that so many of my clients were saying that they had started gaining weight after pregnancy. Um, and when I couldn't find one, I put together a book proposal. And uh, at the time, I didn't hear back from any of the publishers that I had sent it to. But then a couple of years later, um, actually got a call from Pan Macmillan, which is a major publishing house in Australia. And and they said, oh, we're interested in your book proposal. So long story short, they um, and I published a book together called The Pregnancy Weight Plan, which was uh, all about uh, what to do if you are overweight um, and wanting to conceive and how to manage your weight during pregnancy um, and also for people um, who are healthy weight how to manage your weight during pregnancy because the stats in Australia show that 50% of women will actually gain too much weight during their pregnancy and that book was actually what then opened up this whole new world for me because um I started getting speaking opportunities about fertility um, and also just doing my own research, like doing the research for the book was when I really came to learn about the impact of early life nutrition. 
So um, for those of you who don't know, um, basically what research is now showing is that what a couple eat in the lead up to conception, what a woman eats during pregnancy and what we feed our babies um, when we're introducing solids, so this time period that we call the first thousand days, actually impacts genetic programming and sets up our babies um, it sets up our baby's uh, genetic code to influence their risks of weight in the future and their risks of um, immunity, or so, sorry, their, their risks of chronic disease and their impact on their immunity and their impact on their mental health. And like, all of these things um, are, are so impacted by this first thousand day period. And so I have just become so passionate about letting people know because I'm even finding that many health care professionals don't know about the first thousand days and the impact of early life nutrition. Um, with my team, we're actually uh, conducting some research at the moment with Swinburne University uh, into the knowledge of um, healthcare professionals about the first thousand days. And I've been surprised at how few know about this impact. And so really wanting to get that out um, and all of that uh, came alongside my own personal fertility battles. Um, so I just developed a real heart and passion for this area of fertility. And, uh, and yeah, just want, want everybody, like my, I say now, my mission in life is for every, um, every person to see a dietitian when they're trying to conceive or pregnant, uh, so that they can learn about the impact of early life nutrition because I just think it's the mm. most important time in somebody's life to uh, be seeing a dietitian. I love that mission and we really need to advocate and lobby with the government to, to make your vision happen. We know that so many women actually do struggle with becoming pregnant. Can you tell us a little bit about the current rate for infertility? Um, yeah, so the stats show that it's around one in six um, couples who will struggle to conceive. Um, and so the definition of infertility these days is not getting pregnant within 12 months of trying um, or within six months if you're if the woman is over the age of 35. Um, and so, you know, it, it certainly is a much bigger issue these days with um, fertility clinics popping up everywhere. And, and it's something that is starting to become more and more spoken about. Um, and But I think there's also a little bit of a, um, like one of the things that I've seen, I've actually been working in this area for quite some time now. One of the, the things that I've seen is that there's almost a, a panic and a lot of people uh, will rush off to a fertility specialist for IVF almost too quickly before looking at their lifestyle, for example. So what are some of the lifestyle things that people should consider? Well, um, I guess the reasons that we are starting having more and more fertility issues is, first of all, age. Um, a lot of us, including myself, uh, <laughs> left it way too late before uh, trying to um, before you know considering fertility we go to university and we um, want to travel the world and we want to have a great career and all of those types of things before we think about having a baby um, and 
you know, our bodies just aren't made that way. Obviously, our number of eggs really starts to decline quite rapidly, uh, particularly after the age of 35. So that's a big one. Um, but um, also our diet does have a huge impact. Um, and of course, we all know as dietitians that the numbers of rates of chronic diseases, things like diabetes and polycystic ovarian syndrome are increasing. That has a flow and effect to our fertility. Um, and so that really impacts upon, um, upon people's ability to conceive. Um, and then weight is another one. Of course, we know that rates of, um, of excess body fat uh, are increasing in, in young women. Um, and this has an impact on fertility as well. And so many dietitians today, you know, are following the health at every size philosophy. So is excess weight really something that we need to consider with fertility? Um, look, uh, it, it is. Um, and, you know, although certainly some women can conceive um, if they do have some excess weight, um, it can be pivotal for some, uh, for some other women. And the other thing that we need to consider is that it's not just about whether or not you can get pregnant, but it's also about um, your health during pregnancy um, and then the flow-on effects for the next generation. And so the research really shows us that the uh, healthier weight that a couple, so not just the woman but also her partner, um, the healthier weight that they have when they go to con um, to conceive, the more likely they are to conceive, the healthier pregnancy that um, that the mum is going to have, and the uh, the better start in life it is going to give their baby um, in terms of that genetic programming. So, could you talk a little bit more about the research that what does that show in terms of excess body fat in females and fertility? Yeah, well, it impacts on fertility in a couple of ways. Um, so I like to think about um, sort of three key things that we need to, well, four key things that we need to have a healthy baby. So first of all, we need healthy sperm. That's why we're adding, that I'm adding in number four is that I was leaving out the sperm for a minute there. So we, we do need that healthy sperm. Um, and we do know that both diet and weight independently do have an impact upon um, sperm health. Secondly, we need healthy egg. Um, and again, I often like to tell my fertility clients um, that the sperm and the egg are the genetic code for making our baby. So it's like um, a recipe book. So the sperm and the egg, they actually provide the recipe for your baby. And if, if the sperm or if the egg um, isn't as healthy as it possibly can be, then that is actually going to go on to impact their baby's future. So we need that healthy egg and that healthy sperm. And then number three is that we need a healthy cycle. Um, and we know that, uh, that women who have either high levels of body fat or low levels of body fat, um, we have to remember that adipose tissue actually um, it you know it, it is metabolically active and it actually impacts uh, our estrogen levels so um, when we have excess body fat or too little body fat 
because it impacts our estrogen, it actually then goes on to impact upon our cycles. Um, and so if you have an irregular cycle, it's obviously going to be more difficult to conceive. Um, and then fourthly, is that it impacts implantation. And so um, implantation is when the embryo, so the egg and the sperm have joined together to become an embryo and that embryo needs to implant into the woman's uterus, um, into the, her uterine lining. And we know, again, that women who um, have excess body fat, uh, that, that um, they have lower implantation rates. So even if they have a donor egg um, and even if they uh, have used a process of IVF where they don't need to worry about their cycle um, if they are if they do have that excess body weight then it can still impact upon implantation and so these are just some of the reasons and then there is one more as well in that we also know from research that women who um, have excess body weight have higher miscarriage rates as well so for all of these reasons um, I do believe that excess weight is something that we need, do need to be considering for our clients You've just reminded me what a miracle creating a baby, creating life really is. And you really need all of the bits and pieces, the stars to align and making sure yeah. you're in the best position for that to occur. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's such a miracle. And, you know, our, our nutrition and health and lifestyle just plays such a big role. And as much as it is becoming very medicalized these days um, through IVF processes and so forth, nothing compares to going into a pregnancy, having that healthy egg and sperm and, and that, um, you know, that healthy cycle um, and all of those things do come from good nutrition, getting enough sleep, um, exercise, low stress levels, um, which is, you know, it's hard to achieve in our current culture. So it's no wonder that we're having so many fertility issues. Mm. And what about male fertility then? Is there any evidence to suggest that diet and reducing excess body fat can in improve male fertility? Oh, absolutely. Um, so like I was just explaining about um, the impact on men's sperm. Um, the other thing though is that there's there's some really interesting research that's just come out over the last 12 months to suggest that men's sperm may even have a larger impact on their baby's um, genetic programming of weight than the mum's egg health does mm -hmm. so um and uh, like i like many dietitians have worked with many people who have struggled with weight over the years um and you know once somebody like I, i'm just a really big believer that um our our current body shape a lot of that does come down to our genetic programming um and so it's it's one thing to be trying to rectify the cause by putting people on diets and so forth. We know how difficult that is to get people to lose weight and keep it off. But the thing about um, weight management prior to conception is that it's not necessarily about keeping that weight off long term. It's about um, having um, that healthy weight uh, and healthy diet to be able to give that egg and sperm the most, um, you, to put that egg and sperm in, in the best possible environment for conception to be able to give the baby the 
um, health that the baby needs so that we don't continue to have this generational increase in, in body weight. Mm. That's really fascinating, the, the new research about how important the male um, is in the process as well. Yeah. So what are some of the yeah. recommendations? Yeah. I was just going to yeah. concur just yeah. how exciting it is. Like I just get so excited about this topic <laughs> to, just to think about, you know, that these these few years that it can just completely change um, the next generation's future. So, yeah, I get really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I can hear the passion in your voice. <laughs> so what are some of the recommendations that you give then to assist your clients in managing their nutrition and their excess body fat in preparation for conception and pregnancy? Um, well, obviously, as a dietitian, it depends upon uh, the individual. <laughs> so there's a lot of different factors to consider. To consider, um, first of all, how like how, how yeah, where are they in their conception journey? Um, so is it a couple who, in my ideal world, they and I do get these couples. I'm happy to say these days where they come into me and they say, "Oh, look, Melanie." Um, I'm planning to conceive in the next year or so. Um, you know, I'm newly married, so uh, I'd like to look at my health and nutrition and uh, and weight and things at this stage um, to prepare for getting started in the next year or so. They're my dream clients mm-hmm. uh, because then we can do things the way that us dietitians like to do it and really focus on healthy eating and good habits and uh, and and sustainable changes Um, so that's up one end of the extreme up the other end of the extreme is I get uh, IVF clients come in who say um, I've already had five cycles of IVF here I am in my in my um, late 30s Um, I have very few eggs left Um, the numbers of eggs that I'm getting in every egg collection is fewer and fewer Mm. Um, I I'm really struggling paying for all of this and now, um, the, you know, I'm, this is my last cycle and my last opportunity oh, um, and my fertility specialist has said, look, there's no point in doing this last cycle until you lose some weight because, you know, we know that your weight is having it. Like when we look at the research, we know that that your weight um, is having a really big impact on your likelihood of your next cycle conceiving. And so what are you going to do? Um, And they are feeling so pressured because the clock is ticking. They Mm. know that with every month they Mm. are losing more eggs. Um, And and in those situations there isn't any time for sort of our traditional – Mm-hmm. You know, let's start by looking at portion sizes and mm-hmm. and healthy eating. Like we we need to get some rapid weight loss, um, and and in those types of situations, uh, that would be something where where I would use a VLED um, to achieve some rapid weight loss whilst still um, making sure that my client's diet is nutritionally complete, um, and then. In between that would be uh, um, clients where they have an irregular cycle, like they're not up to that extreme IVF cycle yet, but they're having troubles conceiving. They might have, um, if I give you a bit of an example, 
um, of a client who pops to mind here. Um, she had conceived her last two children um, on a medication called Clomid, which helps, um, it's often used with clients with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh, and so she had an irregular cycle um, and so uh, helps her to ovulate. Um, but with her pregnancies, she had gained a significant amount of weight. And so she had used the Clomid again. This time she didn't conceive. So she was about to go into IVF. Um, but again, the research shows, which for some reason I find that many doctors seem to have skimmed over this part of the research, but the research shows that um, with these um, with these ovulation induction medications that they actually work exponentially better if somebody is optimizing their weight um, and lifestyle at the same time. And so, like I said, she was about to go for IVF, um, but we uh, improved her weight and her diet uh, and she conceived with the Clomid. So again, there's so much that dietitians can do in this space. So you did mention VLEDs there and they're usually obviously not recommended for pregnancy, but what mm. you talked a little bit about the role that they might have. Is there anything else you want to add in terms of when you might use VLEDs in relation to conception and fertility? Yeah. Um, look, I'm finding that a lot of the fertility specialists now are starting to turn to um, medical weight management therapies, so things like pharmacotherapy and VLEDs and so forth, because of the, A, the strength of the research that shows that losing weight does significantly help with fertility rates. Um, and at the end of the day, these fertility specialists want their clients to get pregnant. So um, they're using them for those reasons. And secondly, yeah, they're able to get that quick weight loss from things like pharmacotherapy and VLEDs. Um, and I, I, again, I think there's a real opportunity of dietitians being bypassed here. And I know um, that dietitians do a better job. Like we can ensure that our clients are um, making sure that their VLEDs uh, are nutritionally, nutritionally complete. Or if a client is going on pharmacotherapy, often what I'll see is that they, because they don't have any appetite, they will have a very nutritionally incomplete diet. Um, they're cutting out loads of foods um, and just purely focusing on the weight loss side of things, um, which, yes, may help their fertility, but it doesn't necessarily help in terms of their egg health for the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, and when somebody's going into conception, I really want them to be having the best nutrition possible. So I feel like it's really, really important that um, dietitians are involved with uh, helping our clients to lose weight in the lead up to conception um, so that it's not just uh, um, doctors using mm. these tools without the nutritional component as well. Which goes um, if back, I can, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to yeah. say, which goes back to your vision of every person looking to conceive sees a dietitian. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that I just wanted to add was because um, you were talking about VLEDs and pregnancy. So there's not very much research 
Um, but from what is there, it seems to be that um, that a low carbohydrate diet, such as a VLED, may potentially uh, have an impact on egg health in the last few weeks um, before conception. So um, there's some really interesting research that uh, some dietitians have worked on actually um, that seems to suggest that weight management in and of itself is better than um, than a really low carbohydrate diet yeah, just in those last few weeks. So often what I like to do, um, and uh, I've been working with some other healthcare professionals on a bit of a some consensus guidelines in this area, and it seems to be, yeah, what we really believe is that if you're going to be using a VLED, that you do it earlier rather than later um, and that we are bringing carbohydrates back in um, for at least one cycle, so probably around that six-week mark before conception, so before IVF um, or before an egg collection uh, in particular, um, yeah, is usually what I like to do with my clients. Mm, thank you. So we've discussed the importance of nutrition and the impact of reducing excess body fat in particular to fertility. What about the clients that you have that also suffer from endometriosis and PCOS? Is there any research or what are your recommendations here? Yeah, well, first of all, um, these are other important uh, conditions that I think I would love to say that every person with endometriosis or PCOS, when if they're going to see a fertility specialist, they should be referred straight away to see a dietitian. In my belief, um, I think there's a lot that dietitians can do here. Um, in terms of endometriosis, um, there doesn't seem to be a big impact on uh, to do with like that weight loss necessarily has a big impact on endometriosis. But um, as all dietitians will know, PCOS certainly has a very big impact, um, particularly in terms of uh, their cycle. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we really want to uh, – like I, I believe that a lot of women could actually be avoiding um, expensive IVF treatments um, if they just work with a dietitian when they were trying to conceive uh, to improve their, their cycle and their egg health at that time. So you almost need a dietitian in every fertility clinic as well. Well, that's eventually mm -hmm. the goal, Marie. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I knew that's we're where you were going, yes. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about all the different things that we can do to improve the nutrition and get the get people in the best place possible in terms of improving their ability to conceive. In summary then, what would be your top three recommendations that you provide to clients to assist them with their nutrition and managing their excess body fat to make sure that they have the best possible success rate for fertility? Um, yeah, okay. Well, the first one would be even though weight is important, I believe that we that uh, that quality diet nutritional quality is even more important, and we just we can't focus on weight uh, to the detriment of nutritional adequacy. 
So we need to make sure that if somebody is doing some type of, uh, whether they're doing a VLED or whether they're doing some type of, um, you know, keto diet or intermittent fasting or whatever, or even a healthy diet, um, whatever type of dietary management they are doing, nutritional quality needs to be most important. So um, that might mean if they are having a VLED that they may need additional folic acid and an additional omega-3 supplements and so forth. And that's why we need a dietitian to be uh, looking at that nutritional adequacy. Um, Number two is that um, as dietitians, we also need to be really uh, cognizant of emotional eating. And particularly with clients who are going through struggles with trying to conceive, um, emotional eating, like when women are taking all of these uh, hormones and injections, it really, like it's a really difficult time of life. And, and it really makes you question who you are as a woman as well. Um, it impacts your relationships. It impacts your work because you're going to take time off work. Like women who are going through IVF are under incredible stress. Um, and so if there is any tendency for emotional eating, that will be what they turn to during this, um, during this time of IVF. So uh, that would be my second point is that we need to be very aware of that and we need to be uh, helping our clients lovingly through that with uh, behavioural change and all of those tools that dietitians have. Um, So therefore, my third point, uh, my third recommendation is definitely to be seeing a dietitian. Um, Like I said at the start, I really believe that every woman when they're trying to conceive, whether they're having fertility problems or not, uh, should be seeing a dietitian. And for those dietitians out there, what would be sort of the top three things that you think they should talk to their clients about? Um, yeah, so all I guess those three things that I – well, not the third one, but, mm. yeah, I definitely think uh, d- focusing on diet quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, some of the key nutrients to be looking at there would be omega-3 is super important, has a big impact upon – egg health um, and also I was talking before about implantation Um, so omega-3 is really important there Um, we all know about the importance of folic acid for conception Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is that in clients who are overweight that they actually need more folic acid than people who are a healthy weight Um, so that would be a second one Um, and like there are just so many key nutrients that we need to be looking at um, when it comes to fertility, it's not just about putting somebody onto a prenatal multi and ticking the box. Uh, it really needs to be tailored. Um, and then, like I said, that third one is really about emotional eating. So mm-hmm. we need to make making sure that we're looking at that with our clients. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Melanie. Thanks for giving us the overview of all things uh, nutrition and fertility. Um, I know you're so passionate about it and I know that you're creating a movement in this space. There's so many more dietitians who are actually specializing in nutrition and fertility, which I think is fantastic. And I can't wait to see your vision of every person who is looking to conceive to actually see a dietitian. I look forward Mm -hmm. to that day. 
Thanks, Marie. Um, and if I can just do a little plug, if you don't mind, a mm-hmm. sneaky little plug. Mm-hmm. Um, we run a workshop uh, that we call Nutrition Therapy for Fertility and Pregnancy. Um, and we run that in Melbourne each year. And it's a really great, it goes for three days, um, but it's a really great uh, space for dietitians to come and learn more about this, uh, this topic. And I know everyone who's been has really gotten a lot out of out of those workshops and, as I said, are now specialising in nutrition and fertility, which is a fantastic outcome. So thank you for leading the way in this space, Melanie. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Marie. Yeah, I'm very passionate about it. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and expertise today. Really appreciate your time and um, sharing that with our listeners. And thank you again to OptiFast for supporting today's podcast. We look forward to seeing you on a future Dietitian Connection podcast. Thanks for listening, wherever in the world you're tuning in from. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review for us. Leaving a review actually means the podcast gets to more dietitians and it can only elevate our profession if we work together. So please hit that review button. Tell us and other people what you thought about this episode. Another way to share your learnings from this episode and keep the conversation going is to take a screenshot of your phone screen, add your message and share it on social media. Don't forget to tag us at Dietitian Connection so we can share it with our following of over 30,000. Tell us what you learned and what future topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to access the show notes, they are available at dietitianconnection.com forward slash podcasts. Dietitian Connection is a global community of over 13,000 dietitians and we offer free professional development, job opportunities, resources and connections. We're committed to bringing dietitians together so we can create more impact and elevate our profession. And you can easily become a Dietitian Connection member for free by signing up at dietitianconnection.com.